Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Hi, I'm Mac G, and this is the Amp Studios Creative Industry Podcast, a series of masterclasses that are designed to help you build a business in the music industry. Proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. Amp Studios is a free culture hub facility situated in the heart of downtown Johannesburg in Newtown with uh, world-class recording studios, co-working spaces, video facilities, a stage and streaming facilities all free and designed to help young artists build a career in the music industry. If you'd like to be a part of the Amp Studios or check out all the masterclasses and content we've created for you, just go to www.ampstudios.co.za or send us your name to our WhatsApp line on 081-707-6636. That's 081-707-6636. Welcome back to part two of the Gil Hockman Masterclass. In this episode, Gil continues to share his valuable insight and practical advice about how to slowly and persistently build a career as an independent musician in the changing world of music. Create something that shows you have something in common with your fans. You don't know who your fans are. This is a very general idea. From the beginning, you're making music. Music fans in general have a potential interest. The genre you play, it's how you present yourself. Maybe it's doing some cover videos on YouTube. Maybe it's collaborating with other artists. Maybe it's being associated with the right labels or the right venues. You know, you know, you play in this venue. People who like your music are likely to be there. It's all this sort of stuff. It's just how you position yourself where people who are looking for music like yours will be able to find you. And once they're in that space, it's letting them know more about you. It's presenting your music to them in interesting ways. It's just a whole lot of different things that you can do to draw people in, like playing lots of shows, going on tour, again, collaborating with people, being interviewed, being on the media, perhaps even being on the radio, but all these things are aimed at showing that you are around, that people can just learn that you're part of the scene, that you're creating music, that you're creating this kind of music, that you're this type of person, that you have this sort of attitude, that you're connected with these sorts of people. Again, it can be a slow process, but just everything that you're doing creates an impression you're like how hard a worker are you like when you're talking about promoting to your fans within the industry like how professional are you how hard do you work how much are you progressing like do they feel like it's worth investing their time and engine energy in you and the same for fans like are you around if i'm buying the cd and i'm going to really enjoy it do i get to see you play live or is there going to be one year before another cd or five years before another cd You know, just giving people the impression that there is something here to be a part of. Then you move into the permission stage where you actually, I mean, the simple way of thinking about this is just your mailing list or your WhatsApp groups. And this is the real valuable thing is once people get to know you and you start interacting, get them onto your mailing list, get them onto your WhatsApp group, get a way to communicate with them that takes you out of just the randomness of social media and the press and just playing gigs. Get people onto your list so now they're in your phone book. Whenever something's happening, you can let them know. And finally, to nurturing is when you start asking them to buy stuff for you. Like you ask them to start supporting your career. Maybe you're asking them to help pre-buy your CD so that you can print it. Maybe you wanna do some house shows 
and ask them to bring their friends to the show. Those are the channels and you can move, you need to learn how to move your music through those channels in order to connect with your audience. Because otherwise it's just like walking down the street, you're just another person on the street. But all of these uh, channels already have their specific audiences who are in the way looking for you. And you just need to put your stuff there for them to find them. And in the context of that, yeah, the world is a big place. You know, it's not approaching any type of media or any type of artist to collaborate with or playing in any type of venue. You know, it's finding the places that are specific for you. So you need to figure out where you fit in. And this is a real practical effort that you guys can make. This is a real practical exercise, rather. Step one, make a list of artists that you sound like. Really, like get out a piece of paper, write down seven artists who you think you sound like. Then ask your friends who they think you sound like. Ask people who know your music, but don't necessarily know what you like. You know, don't ask people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear. Ask people who might give you some diverse opinions. Like, for example, like for me, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge Coldplay fan. I don't mind them. I think they're okay, but I'm not a fan. But a lot of people, I'm a singer-songwriter, and a lot of people say, oh, you sound like Coldplay. It could be just because I'm a white dude singing, singing melancholic songs, you know. And even though I wouldn't think to promote my music to Coldplay fans, it's worthwhile keeping that in mind because obviously people associated with that and people who are Coldplay fans might think, oh, this is my sort of music. So when I'm trying to promote my music, I need to keep that in mind and promote it towards those sort of people. So don't discount anything. If you find a lot of people think you sound like such and such an artist who you don't really like that artist, it doesn't matter. It could be that those fans like you and are going to help you build your career. So don't, don't just chuck it out. So you go through this process and you, you come up with a list of maybe 10 to 15 artists and then you go on to Spotify. I don't know if, uh, if, if everyone is using Spotify, even if you don't use it, this is a really worthwhile exercise. Just sign up, you can get a free account. Because in Spotify, there is the fans also like section, which is, if you don't know, it's where Spotify will tell you if you like, whatever, you like Gil Hockman, these are other artists that you might like. And this is where you're going to really find a gold mine of information. So for example, yeah, if, you go, if the fans also like section, and then we'll give you generally 20 other artists who people who are listening to Cubs that are small, what other artists are they listening to? So you're going to go and look at each of these sections for each of the artists in your list that you have thought up. And you're going to basically make a sheet like this. So this is some research that I did a few weeks ago for and a more electronic project that I'm working on. I just want to have an idea where I fit in. And in the top in the red section, you write in that top column and really this is just a you can do this on a spreadsheet if you have access to a computer but you can ju you just as easily do it on a piece of paper so you just get a ruler and a pencil and make some make some columns and in the top line in that red block you put the artists from your list that you just worked out you know those 10 to 15 artists that you sound like and underneath go into Spotify and list all the recommended artists in that that Spotify shows up just write them all down there. But anyone who gets repeated, put a little red, you know, you can see there, maybe if you look closely enough, I put a little red dot next to some of the artists. Those are artists that are being repeated, that are coming up in different columns. So you go through all those lists, and if you find that some artists are coming up more than once, but they weren't in your original list, just make a new list with them. So you can see that's on the right side there, new artists to research. And then you go research those artists too. 
and then you go and you make a new page of all the new artists to research. So these are the artists that you wouldn't have thought of and no one recommended, but they've just come up in the recommends more than once. And you research them too. So you come up with this long list of artists, some of which are, are repeating maybe once or maybe quite a few times. And in my case with this research, you can see like the top artists had been, had been repeated like Eight, 17 or 18 times and what this list is I hope this has made sense up to now you now have what you could call your genre artists and this is not genres with a name it's not a genre that it's very specific in that it's rock or pop or some subgenre it's just people who are most likely to like your music these are the top artists that they're listening to and this is when you start thinking about how you fit into the world and how you're going to start looking for your fan base and how you're going to start finding people who are into your music, having a list like this is really a gold mine because it means you're not just wandering around aimlessly. You actually have like a focused starting point where you can start looking at labels and media and other artists and venues. It's not just totally random. It's actually you have a good idea that the people who are going to these venues and listening to this music from these labels or um, listening to these artists have a good chance of liking the music that you're making too. So once you've made that list, we're going to put that aside for just a moment. But also in Spotify, there are sections called Discovered On and Where People Listen. And you'll be able to see it here. This is also this is in the about section. Discovered on is the playlist that people are being discovered listened to on, where people are finding out their music, and where people listen is literally the locations. And these are both really useful pieces of information to have. So once you've got those top twenty artists, these ones, once you have this list, for each of these people, go and see what playlists they're being listened to on and where people are listening, because it could be that there's you know, a town in Spain somewhere that is really into your genre and it makes it then really worthwhile to look at the venues in that town. Who's playing there? What other artists playing there are playing there? Maybe some of those artists you could communicate with. Maybe you could go on a tour of Europe with one of those artists. Maybe you could, if that was too much at the moment, maybe you could just collaborate with them, you know, put tracks together over the internet. So this is now you're starting to really build an idea of a artist and also geography of where your music is being listened to and then obviously also the playlists I which I'm going to speak about for a second now so very very briefly just to know what you're looking at when you look at those playlists Spotify playlists are broken down into these general categories algorithmic these are the playlists that Spotify's machine are working out they're looking at what everyone's listening to and according to that they are rec making these automatic recommendations of other artists. There are also Spotify editorial playlists. These are playlists that people actually working at Spotify are putting together. There's just big mixtapes of what they think is cool for like different sorts of genres, but also different sorts of moods. There are there are people you would need to contact Spotify and ask to get on those playlists. But the next two, the curated and the personal playlists, are the ones we really, when those come up in the Discovered On section, those are the ones we really need want to look at. Because these are people out there making playlists professionally to, to get people to listen to them. Sometimes you might have to pay to get on the playlist. 
but they are running playlist businesses. And then there's personal playlists, just maybe individuals, like I made a, a Spotify playlist for my holiday and I put a bunch of songs on it. When you see those playlists come up and you can see it by who made the playlist, you can just click on that link, go take a look at the user, see if they're making other playlists or see if they've just made one or two playlists. And the curated ones, you can really try and find contact details for those people. Um, and try get and try get onto those playlists. And even if they don't look like cool and interesting playlists, the fact that you're being put on playlists with artists that you think you fit in with means that the Spotify algorithm will make, will will pay attention to it and maybe start automatically placing you with those artists. I'll give you an example that came out of this research was that one playlist I found, which was really popular, was actually like a book delivery service in Argentina who were making playlists to go along with their books and that they would then when someone bought a book they would send them a link to the playlist but the people on the playlist were all in my genre so to be on that playlist it doesn't matter who made it but Spotify will notice that I'm with all these other artists and the algorithm will start maybe recommending me to other people who are listening to that to those artists so it's really worthwhile doing a bit of research into this and finding ways to get your music linked. On Spotify, I can't say exactly how it works on Google or uh, Apple Music, but yeah, these uh, Spotify is really, I think, the top dog when it comes to, to making playlists. So a little bit of research can really be a great benefit to you in terms of getting more streams. And the personal playlists, this is really important when it comes to your fans. So if you have this fan base and you have a new release coming out, you can say to your fans, hey guys, my new, my new single's out, won't you guys all make uh, playlists and just drop my song into the playlist and help me promote it? You know, save it to your profile, put it into the playlist, and Spotify is noticing those too. You know, get, I encourage your fans to share, share their playlists on social media and stuff. And especially once you have that relationship and you're in that nurturing stage with your with your fan base, people will be very excited to help you do that. You can even You can even do stuff like, hey, won't you guys make playlists with songs that you think are associated with this song and then again you get more information of how people are how you're fitting in with people like where do they think your music fits in and you can feed that back into your research situation and this final so this final playlist it's just it's just release playlists like people will put together soundtracks playlists of uh, movie soundtracks or yeah mostly movie or t television show soundtracks those you'll see them they're made by personal users but you won't get on there unless you actually had a song on that TV show or movie. So you can just, you can just ignore those. What you want to do now, that now you have all this information, what you can do is create a research center. It sounds like a big deal, but it's, it's not really. It's, I mean, it's an easy thing to do. You can get a lot of information on it, but it's not like you need to build a, a house with lots of computers in it. So what you do is it creates a bunch of new social media profiles and these are research profiles and why this is important to remember is that you're not using these for posting you're not using them for liking or sharing or whatever you're just using them for looking and the reason why you want to make new ones and not use your personal ones is that we're going to use these profiles to follow all the artists that you've uh, tagged as being important. You're going to follow them on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on whatever, on YouTube. Follow everyone because then when you log on and look at the, at the news feeds on these profiles, what you're seeing is your genre. You're seeing who is active, how they're talking to their fans, 
what venues they're playing in, what labels they're being released on, what stuff they're interested in. Maybe they're promoting new artists that they like that you've never heard of. Check out those artists. Follow them as well. Get them into your feed. You know, it just it allows you really like a cool broad view of your genre and once you have all those people you can then go back if you find that you want to interact or communicate you can go back into your artist page and then start communicating but this will allow you to build like a huge database of information that will become helpful in your career you know if if artists are being interviewed on certain radio stations if they're being interviewed in certain magazines you can pick it up you can be like, oh, here's the link. Go look at the website. Who's the journalist? Save the journalist to another list. Make a note. Oh, this is a journalist. When my album comes out, I should send them some information. You don't have to like wander around blindly in the industry trying to find a journalist. You can look at the top artists and also like as you start bringing lower artists into this feed like artists that are maybe closer to your level put everyone in there you know and you can see you know maybe there's one journalist from in Joburg or in Cape Town who are really the main journalist in your genre and you make a point of developing a relationship with them and it's very hard sometimes to find this stuff out just by being around and this is a real powerful tool if you have all this information in one place just to keep looking and see what comes up and yeah follow everyone so this last point at the bottom artists labels media venues note the fan interactions all the stuff just keep keep looking and see what comes up and you'll get an idea of maybe the people you really want to get in contact with and build a relationship with and the same goes for locations like go look at your locations what venues are in those locations, which artists are playing there, what media is from there, you know, link those into your research center as well. And then also on YouTube, like which of your artists are featuring in playlists? Who is making those playlists? What other artists are featured in those playlists? Maybe you should be following some of those artists too. Again, go back to research center. Now you have this real like deep, deep and powerful amount of information that over time, especially when you're keeping in touch with it, over months or over years can really provide a lot of cool information for you. You know, it might be that you see an artist is coming on tour or is looking for collaborations or something and you can put the word out there for a support slot or something like that. And very quickly, a couple other small places to do research. There is a website called discogs.com, which just is really about artist releases but you can go in there and find out what labels artists have been released on I mean here's black coffee for example he has a ton of stuff on labels probably all over the world you know you can go in here make a list out of these labels and know that if you have a track which you think is close to what he does maybe those are the labels you want to be approaching instead of just wondering who are or instead of trying to get hold of black coffee you can just get hold of the people that release his music and you know you can google anyone and you can search anyone on discogs some I guess yeah, some artists will have more, some artists will have less, but yeah, go through it and see all the labels. You can run it in the same way that you did for the getting that second level of artists. Put all your artists through here, see which labels are coming up often and mark those as labels that you want to develop a relationship with. And the same way there's there's sites called Songkick and Bands in Town which are for touring. You can go see what past shows people have done, see where they're playing, what towns they're going to, what venues they're playing in, sort of build a picture of maybe what more of a picture of what locations you should be looking at. And once this done we go back into our fan building process, you know, introduce yourself, which is really just letting people know that you're there, like liking, commenting, sharing and most importantly complimenting. Like everyone and loves a compliment it's the easiest way to get someone's attention just tell them what you think they're doing is great you know really it's 
it's super simple. You don't have to, don't talk about yourself. Just say, man, I love your stuff or I love this track or I love what you're doing. Can't wait to see your, you when you come through on tour, all that stuff. Let them know that you're there. People pay attention to that sort of stuff. You might not think it, but if, if that comes up a couple of times, people will be like, oh, okay, this person's really into what I'm doing. That's really cool. I really appreciate it. And then once that's once it's happening and you've and you've had some interaction and you have some feedback let them know a little bit more about yourself but do it in a form that is is asking for something which is easy for them to give you know not hey man won't you release my track or won't you uh take me on tour with you just maybe ask for advice hey i i in a similar situation to you i want to know how you did that thing on your track how did you record that vocal? How do you go about asking people to collaborate with you? Stuff that makes them feel like they have really something to offer, like they've built their career to a point where, where they have advice to give and it automatically makes them feel better about themselves. It's not just take, 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 you know. In the question, you're giving something. You're giving them a feeling of having achieved something and what you get in return is the information. And so that's always something to keep in mind like you don't just want to be in trying to take from people you want to be able to make it always a balanced sort of interaction and only then once you have this sort of conversation going ask them would it be cool for me to send you a track if it's someone on your level would you be interested in maybe doing a track together sometime before just jumping into that build the relationship first they might not think of you as a friend but they might think of you as some sort of professional acquaintance who they're happy to talk to because they know how you're working they have an idea of what you're doing and they'll be open to sort of a next level of communication, not just you automatically want something from them. You're automatically expecting them to lift your career up to wherever theirs is. It's just not practical. People can't do it. And also people feel pressure. They're like, oh, this person just wants something from me. And it's often a turn off. So build it up the same way you would do a friend. You know, like if you want someone to be your friend, you don't phone them and immediately ask them for a favor. That comes down the line when you know each other and you know you can trust each other. And yeah, and once you've moved past that point, and this, yeah, this obviously goes for other artists, it goes for labels, it goes for media people, it goes for anyone who you want to interact, it goes for fans, you know. Once you've moved through this progression and then you come to the nurturing phase where there isn't clear mutual benefit, to to working together you maybe you have artists who you work with a lot or labels you work with a lot or fans who often buy your stuff or um, journalists who are always interested to to do a review of your or work then it's a very equal relationship and that's the point where you really want to get to i hope you're enjoying this episode of amp studios music industry podcast don't go anywhere we'll be back right after these Old Mutual Rewards is designed to educate and empower you financially while rewarding you for your progress along the way. You will receive points for taking steps towards your financial dreams and depending on the number of financial needs you have met with certain Old Mutual products, you will earn additional points. Points can be redeemed in a variety of ways. You can reinvest your points into the savings portion of your Old Mutual money account Alternatively, you can buy prepaid airtime, data bundles, or vouchers which you can use to shop at our reward partner stores. Voucher codes are sent to you electronically in an email or SMS and can simply be shown or read out to the cashier. It's that simple. You can even donate your points to charity. Earning and spending points is a lot of fun, but the real reward is being empowered to make better financial decisions. 
Old Mutual Rewards is free and accessible to all. So take the first step towards financial freedom and sign up today at www.oldmutual.co.za forward slash rewards. Welcome back. Let's get back into this week's Am Studios Music Industry Podcast. And on that note, while we always are looking to sort of the famous artists to try lift us up, we often miss out on a really important thing, which is the benefit of interacting with I call what I call level appropriate artists, like people at your level or just above. And like kind of a really rough rule I would work this out on is say if you have a thousand followers, however many followers you have on your social media, add a zero to that. And it's everyone at that number and below between the two of you. And the benefit of working with people like this is that they're also trying to make it. They're also looking for recognition. They're also looking for people to give them a hand up. And when, like I said in the beginning, like when we work together on stuff, it makes it way easier to progress. They, for a start, will definitely appreciate your interest. If they don't have hundreds of people shouting at them every day, telling them how amazing they are, they will be really excited that you got in touch with them. Um, it's also an opportunity to learn at lower stakes. You know, there's not a risk of doing a collaboration with someone that you don't really know. There's not a risk in trying stuff out or doing a gig together. Gig doesn't go so well or the experience isn't so great. It doesn't matter. You haven't lost anything. As long as you've been cool and you've done your best, some things just don't work out and that's okay. But it means you didn't blow some massive opportunity but at the same time, you got a chance to learn what it is to collaborate, learn what it is to put on a show, learn how to do things better. And as you get better and as your interactions get better, your experiences will get better and you will start naturally moving up and moving up with more working with more established artists or speaking to bigger labels or speaking to bigger venues or bigger artists to go on tour, that sort of thing. It's just... You can start small and gain the experience so that by the time you are working at a bigger level, it's a much, much better experience. And you're not under any pressure because you can see this is just another small step. You know, it's not suddenly this thing that really has to work out for you. And also scenes often move up together. You know, you interact with artists uh, who are on your level and you start doing something together and you sort of build a bit of a scene amongst yourselves. Anyone who gets successful in that scene is going to have a knock-on effect for the others. You know, when I was just starting out and I was touring, there were certain bands that I would go on tour with who ended up becoming way more successful than me. They were, their music was more pop music and mine was more niche. But because we were buddies, they would still take me on tour with them. You know, we had developed a relationship. I would organize shows that they would play it. They would organize shows that I would play it. And it pulled my career along in a way that it wouldn't have been if it was just me all alone from the start. You know, even here, I have my contacts. You know, I, I go tour in a small town. There's no one at the show. But I make a good contact with a promoter who also happens to be a musician. And the next thing, we're going on tour together. So you never really know where the benefit is going to come from. And, you know, he, that, the guy who I went on tour with is part of another songwriting scene. And those guys come to Berlin and we play shows together. And as anyone develops, we all develop together. And that's a really important thing to, to keep in mind. And when it comes to your fans, as you're picking up fans through this whole process, collect all the details of anyone who shows interest in your music. Just And always have something to offer in exchange for those contact details. So don't just make it, hey, let me spam you with stuff. It's like, hey, like... 
you speak about your music, you meet someone, they're like, oh, that sounds cool, I'm really into that. And then your next sentence is, cool, can I send you something? I'll send you my free single for free. And people are often really flattered and really like it that an artist would just send their song to them for free. But now you have their contact details. And so when your next gig comes up and you, when, you, when your next album comes out, you have a list of people who have already, you know they've shown interest in your music. That's why they're on your list and you can promote your stuff to them. Don't lose your contacts. Like when you start building this list, should grow through your whole career, store it online, make sure that it's not going to disappear and you're going to lose your whole audience basically if you lose a piece of paper or if you lose the book that they're written in. Stay in touch with them, but give more than you ask. You know, Don't only be in contact when you're asking them for something. Be in contact whether you're sending them playlists, whether you are asking for like all sorts of different interactions i mean this is part of being a, the creativity of being an artist is coming up with ideas where you can interact with your audience in a way that doesn't make them feel just used all the time maybe say hey i want to write a song with lines for my audience doesn't anyone want to send me some ideas these sort of interactions it doesn't have to be the only way you work but let, don't let it be that you're only interacting with your fans when you want them to buy your CD or you want them to come to your shows. Find stuff to do in between. It doesn't have to be intense. It do doesn't mean you have to be doing stuff every week uh, or every day. But know that if you want to ask for a lot of stuff, keep in mind that you should be giving stuff back as well. Maybe even if it's discount on tickets or discount on CDs or three songs of the CD for free before it comes out. It can be all sorts of things. But just keep that in mind. We've looked at how to think about planning your career. We've looked at how to go about building your audience. But at the core of all of this is your art. I'm not going to tell you your art should be this or should be that. But there is definitely a lot to be said about how you're working on your art. And are you working as well as you could be. Going back to that original idea of averages. The main thing you should be thinking of in my opinion, is how to improve your average day as an artist. Now, if you want to be a professional, you should be acting like a professional. Like I said, like we might, when we look at music videos or read interviews, a lot of the time what we, we're being sold an image. You know, it's not necessarily exactly how things are in the real world of an artist. Artists often are just working every day. They love their jobs. They're working in music studios. They're working collaborations. They're on tours, but they are working. And... You know, it reminds me of a, like when I was on tour, I played a show at a venue in Switzerland a few times. And after two or three times of him being there, I got into chat with the manager because I was there. And, oh, because he, uh, I went to the bar and I just ordered an alcohol free beer. And he was like, yeah, it's really funny because artists who come through here, there's always the same progression. The first time they come through, it's just the band. They're drinking loads of beer, having a good time. Second time. Half the band are doing that, but the other band are there maybe with their family. And the third time, everyone is there and everyone's drinking tea. Because at that point, they've learned it's hard to be on tour being hung over every day. It's just not practical. Like, you have a job to do. You know, when you get up on stage, you're in the office. When you're in the studio, you're in the office. I'm not, definitely not one to dictate how people should live their lives. But I find it very hard to work well if I've had a drink. 
And I would find that difficult in an office situation and I find it difficult in an art situation. So if you want to be a professional, you need to act like a professional. You need to develop really good working habits because it's that consistency and that hard work which is really going to, it's going to be, it's at the really at the deep core of your career. How well you are, how good you are at making music, like how well you work, how much you can produce, how over what long period of time you can produce work for. That is really going to, the audience and the career planning, it just all falls apart if you don't have good work to promote. And develop a habit of writing music and lyrics every day. I know this sounds like a lot, but being able to sit down and write every day will be of such a massive benefit to you that you will be really, really surprised at how fast you progress and how much stuff you learn over a period of a year or two that what you would have done if you were just sitting around waiting for inspiration. You know, this work isn't supposed to always feel good. You know, nothing, it's not possible for anything to always feel good. If you're, or if something felt really great every day, eventually it would become a bit boring because it just feels the same. You know, it would lose that moment of feeling great. And if you're just waiting to write or to work on your music when it feels like it's the right time, what about all the time in between when you could be writing something else? Maybe you could have had an awful day and written a great song. You never know when that song is going to come and it doesn't always come when it's the right moment. So just waiting for inspiration. You know, there's a really great, great quote by uh, uh, Stephen King, who's a famous author. I have another quote from him later. And it's like, amateurs wait for inspiration. Professionals just get to work. And I feel like that's, that's really the truth on a lot of things. Like you should be writing five days a week at least. You should be spending a couple hours on your craft. And if you're not then you're not actually being a musician, you're being someone who's thinking about being a musician. You should be working on it every day. And yeah, it might be a matter of starting small. It doesn't have to be that your first, like from tomorrow you're working four hours a day. It can be 15 minutes. In the beginning, it's really just a matter of getting into the habit of writing and working on your music every day so that it feels like your day is incomplete if you didn't work on it. A great idea for this is that if you you know, it, you, you attach this habit to something else that you do. So say you wake up in the morning, every morning you brush your teeth and immediately after brushing your teeth, you sit down and you make music. And after a while, it, you will feel this urge the same way that you feel like you need to brush your teeth, you'll feel like you need to write music. And that's the point where you want to get into that you feel like every day it hasn't been a cool day if you didn't write music. And developing that habit will really provide you with a really great foundation for whatever happens after that. There are a lot of reasons for this. I think I touched on this a little bit later, but that if you, you want to collaborate, collaborate with someone and you say you've got some lyrics and they send you, you send them some lyrics and they're like, okay, it's not exactly what we're looking for. Do you have anything else? And you know, you've been writing every day. You have tons of stuff to send them, not to think, oh, this is just one cool thing you wrote three months ago and you've been shopping it around for ages. You know, you've been working, 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 working. You have loads of music, you have loads of lyrics, you have loads of uh, riffs or whatever to show everyone. And that only comes for working every day. This actually is a card that I use. You know, I have these little cards that, you know, you get them from the CNA or pick and pay or something. And I divide them into weeks. And every day that I work, you know, I just fill, I fill in a green block. And every day that I finish a track, I do a square around it. You know, and you, I've done like... 20 okay this is 23 i've had finished one track since i've finished this card 
since I made this picture at least. So I've finished 24 tracks this year already. A lot of them are just nonsense, you know, they're not not something that I'll play to like anyone but a close friend just to show them what I've been doing. But a couple of them are really great, I'm really happy with them. But I never would have made those if I hadn't made the other 20. It just wouldn't have happened. And I'm, you know, having, keeping track of myself, I can see really how I've been working. It's easy to think, oh, I write every day, but in reality, actually, you write once a week. And here you can see, like, sometimes I've had other projects, like I've had this workshop to put together, and for a few days I didn't write. And it's important to know, oh, it's been five or six days since I wrote. This isn't cool. I really need to get back on it again. And using really simple visual aids like this, can be really helpful in, in keeping yourself honest and knowing how much work you're actually putting in. And something to keep in mind with all this is what you can call the secret of 70%. And this goes really alongside this uh, talk of averages that we've had, is that you don't have to aim for 100%. You don't have to aim to write the best song every time. If you can write something to 70% of your ability, you are progressing. Not every song is going to be great. Not everything is going to be a hit. Not everything is going to be happy. You're not going to be happy with everything that you do. Things are going to kind of, you're going to feel like you couldn't really get it to where you want it to be. And that's totally okay. Because if you feel that you've got it to 70% of your ability, it means that you're above average and it means that you're moving yourself forward. You're moving yourself up that level. You know, above average, if that red line was here, above average is somewhere here and it's just pulled that line up a little bit. So as long as you're hitting that and you don't feel like you're just doing it to get it done, but you've actually pushed yourself a little bit, then that's really great. And it also allows you to move forward without getting stuck chasing 100%. Now, if you want to get perfect every time, eventually you just end up sitting, you can sit for months really, I know people who sit for months and months and months on the same song, they just can't get it finished because somehow it's just not okay. And the truth is, is that perfection doesn't really exist. You know, if you make one perfect song and you make another perfect song and you come back and listen to the first one, there'll be something in it that you don't like and suddenly it will be imperfect again. So why you've lost probably 10 or 20 hours or maybe days and days working on the song that eventually there's always going to be something that you didn't notice. Get it to a point that you're happy with and move on. Stuff that maybe you're going to put on an album or is going to be released, obviously you can come back and work on it and refine it and tweaks can always be made at a later point. But in terms of progress, in terms of progressing as an artist, you don't want to just be sitting painting one painting your whole life. You know, being an artist is like going on a journey, you know, you get to see the whole world, you get to go inside yourself and discover all these things, but if you're only ever working on one thing, it's like you're just staring at the same patch of ground, or you're staring at the same tree your whole life. You know, you want to be moving forward. Some terrains will be difficult, some terrains will be easier, some will be more, some songs will be more inspiring, some less, but you want to be moving through them so you can look back over a year and go, I wrote 50 songs, or I wrote 30 songs, you know, which were the best? Which of the two or, two or three which are really I'm going to take with me going forward and you'll probably find that those two or three won't have existed without the others because you would have learned something along the way. It gives you freedom to experiment. It gives you freedom to try different genres just for fun and maybe pick up something that you can put back into your, to what you consider to be your main work. And that's really important. And in the end, 70% of your 20th song is going to be better than 70% of your first song. You will just progress, 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 progress. It's easy to write a verse, it's easy to write a line, it's easy to think of wanting to make an album, it's easy to think of going on tour, but, you know, that's the easiest part. 
you know, I had a friend at university uh, who is watching this podcast, uh, this, uh, this uh, workshop, and we had a joke amongst us like, well, I thought of that. I don't have to do it now. And yeah, it's, we kind of recognized that, yeah, it's kind of, it's only a very small piece of the project. And you can imagine it perfectly in your head, but it's a whole different story when you have to want to bring it into reality. And even once you've started, the hardest part is the last 20%, you know, just getting that album to the end, making sure the tour is properly organized, sending out the posters or whatever, making sure that that song is finished, that you can listen to it from beginning to end, that all the little, even though it isn't perfect, that all those little parts that are bugging you are finished. You know, you did it. It's not 100% perfect, but you're very satisfied with where it is. And you'll, you'll pick up what that line is. You know, it's sort of a natural feeling. After you've done it a few times, you're like, okay, this is cool. This is done. I don't have to worry about this anymore. I can come back to it at a later point and see see what it sounds like because an unfinished project or an unfinished track has no value you know if you almost did it you didn't do it you know if you say yeah I've got a lot of unfinished songs well then what you write is unfinished songs you know you don't get to write you don't magically start to write a whole lot of finished songs if all you've ever written is single verses or single choruses or single riffs you have to to be good at writing songs or to be good at doing anything you need to do that thing you know, and doing half of it is being good at doing half of it. It's not, it's not the same. Um, so you learn to finish by finishing. And again, like I've said, perf perfection is the enemy of progress. Like if you're going to be super, super focused on just trying to make everything 100% perfect, then that's, you're only ever going to end up doing that one thing because it'll never be finished. And finally, build a body of work. Aim for a collection of great work, not just one great track. The same way that we backcasted our career think about how many songs you want to have written in five years time or in ten years time think about what will make you proud to have done it how many great songs do you want to have written and think about how many songs you will need to write for that if it means that it's you know I think being very generous it might be one out of ten but it's maybe like two or three out of fifty think okay you've got to write 50 songs a year if you really want to be great you know if you really want to learn if you really want to be at the top of your game you really need to write a lot of music and work out what that would be for yourself. Because also anyone who hears one track is going to want to hear more. Like people aren't going to hear if you are very lucky enough to have a hit single. People want to hear what you don't want to be a one hit wonder. You know, you want to have something to back that up with. When people are like, oh, I love this track. What else do you have? A label wants to release your song, but they want to release an EP. Do you have four other tracks? And if you don't do them, are you confident that you could sit down at a month and write them all? Because you've been doing it anyway. You know, that's the situation you want to be in. And yeah, the more you make, the faster you will improve. If you're just waiting for inspiration, you will improve in little bits and pieces. If you're working every day, you will very quickly realize where areas of your abilities that you need to pay attention to. And you will just very improve really consistently. And when you look back after a year or two years, you'll be quite surprised at how far you've come. And yeah, ultimately a good body of work when it comes to the industry shows that you're committed and that you're professional. It shows the people around you, maybe it's your friends and families who are unsure of your career as an artist. We've all faced that sort of thing. You know, when you're working and you can show them stuff, it helps people to know that you're working really hard. When a label is interested in signing you, they, it helps them when they know, wow, this person is a professional. You know, look at their body of work, look at how hard they work. We definitely want this person on our team. And yeah, that's, that's kind of my, this is the end of my overall view of being an independent musician. It's, it's an amazing place to be. 
It doesn't have to be the top of the top 100, but you get to work, you get to feel inspired, you get to move through your life being an artist, and, and I hope some of these, these tips are helpful and have given you some food for thought. It's obviously all of this stuff is from my experience and it's my, to a greater extent, my opinion. So it's just, you can put it in your, in your toolbox as one thing for you to think about, one other set of information to use. You know, other people might have also some more information too. There were a couple of quotes there. One was from Prince who said, yeah, it can take years and years to become uh, an overnight success. You know, like if you look at artists, uh, if you look at their biographies, they were all working for years and years and years before anyone discovered them. And this is the time to work for years and years and years until someone discovers you. And the last quote was from this novelist, Stephen King. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. Sometimes it's just not fun. Like sometimes you've got to understand that you're doing really good work, even if it feels like it's completely awful. And this is someone who says, yeah, like, how do you become a writer? You sit, you write every day. You know, and he's sold, he's written like 60 books and sold more than 340 million copies. It's just the work. You just got to do the work. And that's it for me. I really hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you've got something out of it. It's been a real pleasure to be here. I just want to say thanks to Old Mutual and, and for having me along. I feel, yeah, really privileged to be able to speak to you guys alongside the rest of the lineup of like really amazing um, South African musicians. Thanks. <laughs> That was an Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast brought to you by Old Mutual. I hope you're learning a lot and loving the series. Please subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss out on more. And if you'd like to see videos or access more content or even use the Amp Studios facilities, or maybe you just want to be part of our Amp Studios journey, go to our website. That's ampedstudios.co.za, ampdstudios.co.za and sign up there. You can also sign up by sending your name to our WhatsApp line on 081 707 Double six three six. That's oh eight one seven zero seven double six three six. Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. <laughs>